Thank you for listening to this episode of What Are Your Thoughts? As a quick reminder, the opinions expressed by myself or any guests of the show are their opinions only and do not reflect the opinions of LifePoint Planning. Before acting on any financial decision, please consult with a financial professional. Lastly, clients may maintain positions in any securities discussed on the show. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for tuning in season two, episode three of What Are Your Thoughts? In this episode, I'm going to cover a few different topics in just a shorter fashion rather than one long topic throughout the entirety of the podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about COVID market mistakes, cookie cutter portfolios, and how an advisor's mindset can actually hurt the client. If you like the podcast and enjoy listening, please go ahead and leave a review on your favorite platform and happy listening. Thanks. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning back in to season two, episode three of What Are Your Thoughts? Today I have a couple topics that I want to discuss and the first one is COVID market mistakes. So taking a look at different mistakes that people have made since basically February or March of 2020 in the market. And I've talked to a few different people, some clients, some that are not clients, but just wanted to share their thoughts and what they did about investing over the past 18 months or so. Uh, the second one is talking about pros and cons of a cookie cutter portfolio and what that even is. And, you know, a lot of times you'll see ads online or commercials that talk about oh this you know this is not your standard cookie cutter portfolio so i'm going to spend a little bit of time on the pros and cons of a cookie cutter portfolio for lack of a better term and just do a little explanation on what that might be because it may not be a bad thing for some people but in the case of other people it could be not anything close to what they want so it's important to make that distinction and then the third one is talking about how an advisor's mindset might actually hurt the client. And this topic is stemmed from a forum that I'm in, in talking about different topics and ideas that people, advisors run across um, with talking to their clients. So the first one, COVID market mistakes. So this actually, the initial idea was stemmed from a new client that he talked about having a conversation with his advisor back in April of 2020. Obviously, that was when the market was close to its low of the coronavirus dip. I think at one point, the low was somewhere between 30 and 35% from the top to the bottom of the market. And when I say the market, again, I'm speaking S&P 500. Um, but you could always talk to um, the client and just say, hey, you know, what was that like? Or how did that, how did this come about? And that's generally what I do when I have a new client meeting. But in this case, uh, the client said, yeah, so we were working with, you know, whoever, XYZ company, and we called the advisor and said, you know, are we thinking about making any changes? 
you know, the market's going down. What do we do? Should we stick with the plan? You know, what should we do? And the advisor said, oh, well, you know, we're telling our clients right now to stay the course, you know, the classic investment advice that frankly is generally the best advice. And they said, okay, that's fine. Well, in sometime in, gosh, I can't remember the month exactly, but it was um, probably maybe a year ago. So maybe June of last year, uh, or no, it must, it must've been earlier. It's probably, it was, it was probably toward the bottom. So sometime around April, the, the advisor called the client back and was like, Hey, you know, obviously this was at the very bottom. The client, uh, the advisor said, Hey, let's, you know, we thought about it and maybe you were right. Let's go ahead and move to cash for now. And then we can reinvest slowly as things turn around. Obviously not the greatest advice, but hindsight's 2020. But the point of this is talking about, you know, you know, if we blend it in with a third topic and talk about the advisor's mindset or um, behavior when it comes to investing, I oftentimes talk about client behavior and, you know, quote unquote, put the fault or the blame on the client you know, oh, before they met us, they had some behavioral mistake in their investing that allowed them to lose money and now they're looking for an advisor. Okay, fine. But what about the advisor's fault? So in this case, why didn't the advisor practice sound investment behavior in their practice and and maybe use mathematics? You know, it, it, for me, it, when I'm when I'm doing investment management for clients, we use mathematics and I, I literally have their portfolio in a software program that uses uh, percentage tolerance bands to rebalance that portfolio if the market goes up or the market goes down. And it's really interesting because like right now, I think as at the time of recording, the market might be like 1% off of all time highs. So I have clients, you know, that say oh well this is this is getting pretty out of hand you know this is getting pretty euphoric are we locking in some gains and my answer to them is we're always doing that we're always buying low we're always trimming when it gets high because that's just how the mathematics are set up however i remember calls with clients last year one specifically where the client was like uh, or they had been a client since maybe 2017, um, but they had seen that 20% dip that no one remembers back around Christmas Eve, I think it was 2018. Um, and then the coronavirus dip. And now they had taken a bunch of money out of their portfolio and this and that. And I remember the client saying, so we're pretty much back to even since we started with you a few years ago. And I'm like, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You are. This is correct. And obviously that didn't feel great, but to them, they think, oh, well, you didn't do anything. You know, they had forgotten they took some money out and you know, whatever, but yeah, it didn't feel great. And I just made it clear to them, Hey, look, we are going to use your plan first as the barometer for success. And what that means is that we are going to have to coach you on behavior because one of the client's questions was, should we get out, right? We're back to even, 
you know, quote unquote even, which whatever benchmark they had used when when they first started or they first moved their their assets over to my firm. And the one question again was, you know, should we get out and should we just move to cash now that we're quote unquote back to even? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. And yeah, it sucked, right? I hate to see clients lose money on paper. I've said that before, but what can we do? You know, we can use the mathematics. We can, we can say, okay, let's try to eliminate emotion if possible and use mathematics to buy the dip, <laughs> you know, the classic buy the dip methodology. And that's what we did. And today, you know, they're way up from that initial amount that they had, you know, set, they, they buoyed their mind to essentially, and it had worked out. Well, the first case that I talk about, if I were to switch back to that, the new client, the advisor had called them back and said, yeah, we're actually moving clients to cash, then we're slowly gonna buy back in. But when I met this client, they're like, yeah, we have a huge capital loss from last year that's realized because our advisor basically told us Let's sell, move to cash and get back in. So it's just, you have to use mathematics. And I've said that I said this on the last episode was that your mindset is so different at the time that you initially purchase the investments than it is during any type of downturn. And it's almost like just different ways to train the brain. And, and the analogy I use here and just thought process is lightning strike versus lottery, right? If you're going to buy a lottery ticket during a thunder and lightning storm, you are not thinking, oh, I might get struck by lightning on the way to buy this. You're thinking, oh my gosh, I I could win the lottery and win some huge payout. But really the mathematics say that you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning. So it's just a mindset shift that is absolutely so hard to deal with. Um, and the second little sub component of COVID market mistakes, and I guess that was a good segue into it, was people thinking that they can just be day traders because it's so easy. And for basically 18 months-ish, the market just went straight up. So if people had cash on the sidelines, which if, if you've seen the data on just Americans' cash positions, it's some of the highest ever. So people do have cash and they did have money to add to the market. And so that's what they did. You know, you couldn't gamble on sports. You couldn't, you know, there wasn't really anything to bet on. So people needed to scratch that itch of some type of speculation. So what they did was basically turn to the stock market. And that's just so tough to do. I mean, you're literally gambling and it gets addicting. If you're trying to bet, excuse me, bet on short term moves, in a day-to-day -day capacity so it might give people this false sense of success to think oh well i can just go and day trade i'll quit my job and do this or that and i've talked about that before as well so just the biggest takeaways from that just covid market mistakes is again it's back to and this is probably going to be the theme of this episode is behavior investor behavior and not only investor but advisor behavior if you're working with a financial professional ask them say hey you know <laughs> how do you make investment decisions because i know for me a lot of it's mathematics driven and that takes 
you know, it almost adds a fourth party to the to the decision because a lot of times people will hire me and say, oh, we need an unbiased third party. I'm like, well, how about, you know, we use me and in the you know decade of you know knowledge that I have working with clients and then we couple that with mathematics so we can really take emotion out of the investing decision and you know if 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 you know me I don't necessarily like to sugarcoat things so I just say look here's how you get to where you want to go here's how you live the most fulfilling life and this is how we get there and then we make tweaks along the way so I'll leave that topic there as we move on to the next one, which is talking about cookie cutter portfolios. So this this could be a classic, oh, every investor that works with XYZ company gets the same portfolio. So why do companies do this? Well, part of it is just sheer scale, where if they have thousands and thousands of clients, it's way easier to just all have them in some variation of some specific investment portfolio. So that just makes it cookie cutter and then they could have rules and for that portfolio and say, oh, if you're you know, supposed to be 50% stock, 50% bond, you're just gonna have some combination of, of that and they might have some type of shift where they might say, oh, well, this quarter we're gonna allocate a little more toward international stock and then next quarter we'll allocate a little bit more of that same 50% to US-based companies, et cetera, et cetera. So the first reason for that, again, is that it's easy to scale so which is fine i mean again at the end of the day there's a couple different mindsets you can take the first one which a lot of people on the cusp of retirement and in retirement have is i just don't want to run out of money and i want to do whatever i want whenever i want with whomever i want which to me is the ultimate life fulfillment anyway so i generally stay in that camp or people on the cusp of retirement. But then I have people that are, you know, younger, maybe in their 30s or 40s or whatever, and they're like, yeah, I have a bunch of time. So I don't want cookie cutter. I want to put myself in position to maybe beat the market, or I want to use options, or I want to use another type of leverage. And I don't mean to generalize because I do have clients that are literally in retirement holding 100% of their portfolio in individual stocks, but they understand the volatility and ramifications that could come with that. And they also are attracted to the potential for gain that that portfolio is associated with. So as far as cookie cutter portfolios go in general, I wouldn't say they're necessarily good or bad. Again, this is gonna be personal preference. I remember talking to a guy at a wedding in early May and he was on the cusp of retirement. And he's like, I just don't even want to have to think about picking different stocks. I don't even want to spend the time. Just give me the index. Over time, it's going to be a little bit more volatile than, you know, holding my portfolio and, you know, a higher percentage of cash and bonds. But he's like, it doesn't matter because I'm thinking about the upside long term. And I know that if I just stick to holding that index, I don't have to think about it. I can go have a beer on the beach and life will still be just fine. And I was just like, hmm, that's actually a really good mindset. It's like, yeah, the an index fund might not be sexy, but does it get the job done for a lot of people? Absolutely. Um, I have another uh, friend of mine that 
<laughs> he literally calls diversification diversification. And he's like, no, I want to, I want to use options. I want to beat the market. I, you know, I love this stuff and I want to spend time doing it. And so that's fine too. So basically to wrap this up, I don't, it's tough to categorize, right? Because there are some people that, especially like even in my client book, that anything other than a portfolio of well-maintained index funds, you know, uh, using mathematics to rebalance, et cetera, et cetera, that is the best solution just based on what they want to do and the way that they are uh, designed as human beings. And then there's other folks that are the total opposite. And this will actually be a good segue into the last topic, but it's important because when you're hiring an advisor, ask them, say, hey, you know, what is your mindset on certain things? Because you will absolutely find people that are one way only. They have to hold, you know, they have to be active with their with their investment management or they have to be passive with their investment management. And for me, again, when I take on new clients, I just want to put them into position to live life however they want that is the most fulfilling for them. And that could mean a bunch of crypto, right? I mean, that could mean index funds. That could mean individual stocks. As long as they understand and we document why it is that they want to hold what they hold or that leads them to happiness. I mean, that's a win. And it just, it's not a good relationship if people are unhappy. So again, cookie cutter portfolios, there's pros and cons. Um, you know, the maintenance factor, the um, attention to detail factor, the fees factor, um, as far as, you know, an advisor might charge more if they're doing some type of alternative investments and things like that. So just really think about what is it that you want out of an investment? And always remember, there's no such thing as a high return, no risk investment. All right. Uh, the last topic, wrapping it up here with advisors mindset. So I'm in this advisor forum and a lot of different topics get brought up and sometimes I send them to advisor buddies just to get a laugh, but it's so wild to me how advisors are so black and white in their decision-making on various topics. And one that just pops into my mind is, um, paying off your home versus, uh, leaving a little bit of a mortgage as you go into retirement. Again, <laughs> there is the mathematics answer, and then there is the emotional answer. And generally speaking, the correct answer for any specific situation lies somewhere in between. But if you get an advisor that is absolutely totally black and white that says, nope, here's what the math says, so you have to do it. And if you don't do it, they get all pissed off. That's not a healthy relationship. It just, it's wild to me to see the comments on this forum about, I mean, it's almost like, a, you know, how on Twitter, people just bash each other. It's almost like advisors that are supposed to be fiduciaries, right? Working in their client's best interest, giving two totally opposite answers to the same question. And both of them thinking that it's in the best interest of their client. At the end of the day, 
it comes down to what does the client want and how can we do this in the most efficient manner and also will that materially affect their long-term plan and if they sleep better at night knowing that their mortgage is paid off you know if they oh if they said oh i'm gonna just drop 80 grand pay off the rest of the mortgage and not have to worry about it but their mortgage was at you know three percent who cares right and i may get a little bit of flack for that but who cares i mean if they're again if they're happy at the end of the day and they don't have another stressor or another thing to worry about i think that's perfectly fine and yeah the mathematics oh my gosh they could have invested that 80 grand and it could have turned into whatever it's like who cares <laughs> you know if they don't want to worry about a payment pay it off so and there's there's a few other examples but it's so tough when interviewing an advisor to figure out what their mindset is and for me again just being relatively outspoken it's just making sure that it you know if you're in that interview stage and interviewing an advisor that they think with an open mind and we could even attribute back to the client i mentioned earlier that's in retirement and has a portfolio of individual stocks only i know a lot of advisors in that same forum that would be like oh my gosh this is terrible we need to go all to index funds you're you know you're taking way too much risk it's like okay well on paper that might be the textbook solution that you you know you got your cfp designation with but the if the client understands that they might be subject to more volatility because they are thinking about the upside and they can handle the volatility then who cares right and you know it's just it just irks me really to see advisors thinking in such closed-mindedness and i guess the third and final one that i'll leave people with is crypto or fun money right and i guess a second one would be the, the fun money and it's just like if people want if people want to scratch that itch of going out and buying some whatever stock on their own that's fine if they want to do it in a portfolio with me okay i just make case notes hey client called in and they said they know the risks um and we uh talked about the risks at at depth and length again uh, then they want to buy xyz company stock okay fine right if it's not going to materially destroy their plan then who cares <laughs> however right there are certain cases where i've been like all right you know mr and mrs client if you choose to go down this path with x amount of dollars here's how it could potentially affect your plan, right? Here's the, here's how magnified this thing could be should it go in the wrong direction. And it's a balance. You have to think about the downsides and the upsides of any given decision. And that's generally why a third party helps um, when it comes to making financial decisions. All right, so just to wrap it up, um, talking a little bit about COVID market mistakes, the biggest takeaway from that is making sure that you try to remove emotion from any financial decision that you make. And I use mathematics to do it when I'm rebalancing portfolios. So we're automatically buying low and selling high systematically. 
Uh, the second one was cookie cutter portfolios. So the big takeaway from here is that it's not necessarily a terrible thing. It again is personal preference. You really have to, when you, I mean, the best way to do it, in my opinion, you can call me biased, is to work with an advisor that's going to ask you the questions to really put together a portfolio for you that you are comfortable with, right? It's the sleep well at night factor that is probably the biggest thing um, when designing a portfolio, as long as it will still get you on the path to meeting your goals. And then the third one is when you interview an advisor, make sure that they have an open mind enough when you bring up ideas that they're not just going to shut down automatically and just say, all right, nope, we're not doing that. Or no, that's a terrible idea. It's like, okay, well, do they even know about that idea? Like example, crypto, there's a lot of advisors that have no clue about crypto. And so it's just, it's really important that as you're interviewing an advisor, make sure that they keep an open mind. Thanks so much for listening. Um, I have a notes list of topics for the future. If you like the podcast so far, um, please go ahead and leave a leave a review on your favorite podcast form um, or favorite podcast forum that you listen to um, and, and let me know about it. Uh, thanks so much and we will catch you next time.